I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More mandate insanity. Good news on that front. Terrible news on that front. We'll talk about it tonight. We got Christina Pushaw talking about Florida. Congressman Kevin Brady, why are we raising the debt ceiling? All that coming up on I'm Right. Sometimes words, their meaning gets lost in the end. Or they get so watered down, we forget what people are actually saying. Before I go into the mandate insanity going on in this country and in other countries, let's talk about that word mandate. I mean, let's talk about you in America. What, what is America? We, we don't talk about it as much anymore. We get caught up on COVID and border and debt and all these other things. And all those things are obviously very important. But what is America? America is the land of the free. And we all know that saying. You've been singing it in songs, saying the Pledge of Allegiance. Land of the free. Everyone knows land of the free. But here's the little irony of life. One of the many ironies of life, I should say, is that the people who that should mean the most to, Americans, it actually means the least to. We say it all the time. Free, land of the free, freedom, liberty, freedom, liberty. But it's just a word because we've never known anything but freedom. Do you know, have you ever talked to anybody from other parts of the world, from the ugly parts of the world? 
just by nature of my various travels and other jobs I've had, and now this job, I end up interacting with a bunch of people. And I will tell you, you talk to somebody from a place like Cuba, Venezuela, someone who existed in the old Soviet Union, any of the various ugly places around the world, you talk to these people. And when you talk to them about their experiences in their country, inevitably America will come up. And here's what's wild. You take it for granted. I take it for granted. We do. It's inevitable because we are immersed in it that we just wake up every day and we live in a country where we are free. Those people, when they were living underneath communist hellholes, they would wake up and at least once a day they would think about oh, if I could just have a day in America, if I could just get out of here and go to the land of the free, where government doesn't tell me what to do, where to go, what to put in my body. They have always looked at us as this beacon that they would, they would die to get to. And many have, remember that. Many have died trying to get what you already have, what I already have, American citizenship. And we take it for granted because we don't know any better. The people who do know better, they talk about the land of the free much, much, much differently than we do. Mandate. Mandate is a tyrannical word. It's a communist word. It's a disgusting word. Mandate? You're going to force us to take something? This is the land of the free. Remember back to what we were just talking about a second ago? That word means something. That means you don't have the authority to mandate I take anything. You aren't legally allowed to do that in this country. If this was China, sure. This is the land of the free. It has meaning. And you know, we focus on all the bad news, and there's plenty of bad news, and I'm going to get to bad news tonight, but let's do keep in mind, court after court after court has already shot down Joe Biden's absurd mandate. So we haven't lost it all just yet. It is going fairly well right now. Now, granted, a president, an American president, should never even attempt something like that, but let's all thank our lucky stars. At least some part of this system has stepped up and said, no, 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 no. Not yet. Even Bill de Blasio, the communist mayor of New York, New York City judge just halted his mandate for the NYPD and the fire department. And you know what? Let's pause there for a second. Let's talk about how evil these mandate people have truly become. The NYPD, fire department of New York, these were the guys we've celebrated for the last 20 years for the incredible heroism they showed on 9-11. Now, I'm not even talking about their everyday job where they go out and save lives, take criminals down, put out fires every day. I'm talking about, you remember 9-11? I know you do. The guys who strapped it on and ran into the danger and so, so many gave their lives running into that danger. And now we're at a place in this country where the mayor of New York feels totally comfortable firing them in mass if they won't do what he says? My message, every governor, every mayor in America, get in place some mm. mandates now before it's too late because we cannot, uh, people's livelihoods, people's lives, we can't go through more shutdowns and restrictions. Yeah, just do the mandates or else. Uh, don't you love the veiled threats all the time? 
Look, if, if people don't take the vaccine, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to hurt you. Don't make me hurt you again. I don't want to have to hurt you. Again, I've said it before. Say it again. Who exactly do these people think they are? You're not a tyrant. You're the mayor of New York. And these are our biggest cities. Our biggest cities, are, they're going down the toilet. Los Angeles just suspended 113 firefighters who refused to get the mandate. 113 firefighters. That costs people's lives. People are aware of that, right? And th that's what's so crazy is they, they feel totally comfortable doing things that cost people's lives. They're not interested in saving lives. You're not pointing at doctors or nurses and firefighters and cops and pilots and others and saying, you're fired because you didn't do what I say. You know that that's going to result in death and they don't care. They don't care. Dr. Fauci, that guy who's been running his fat mouth on TV for two years now about the public health and the greater good and we got to save people. He doesn't care about lives. This little tyrant, he's more than happy to watch droves of people die if they don't do what Fauci says. No one likes to be mandating for people to do things that they might be hesitant to do. But quite frankly, you have to when you're in the middle of what we call a historic experience of the worst pandemic of a respiratory disease in the last hundred years, we have to put the communal responsibility ahead of individual preferences. You know what part of that stuck out to me? Is at the very beginning when he said, no one likes this. Same kind of thing that de Blasio says. They all seem to say this kind of thing. Hey, I don't like doing this. Look, I hate having to hit you. All right, but you keep you keep being bad. So I've, I've, I've got to hit you. Do they look in the mirror at night and realize they're the bad guys? Do you think it's humanly possible? No, I know the answer to that question. They don't. They look in the mirror at night and think they're right and good and and they think that you and I were the evil, the idiot peasants killing everyone, but that's the bad guy right there. <laughs> no one likes to mandate it, but I'm forced to force you. I'm tired of this garbage, and now it's for kids, right? Now it's for, you got to get those kids vaccinated. How far out of bounds have we gotten with this crazy virus? It is a virus that attacks old people, especially old people with pre-existing conditions. It is a virus that attacks fat people. If you're in poor health, coronavirus is a concern for you. Coronavirus is not a concern for children. Take the stupid mask off your kid's face and stop vaccinating them. This is insane. And people have gotten so obsessed with this new frontier about vaccinating kids. There's a story out now. There's a school in L.A., of course, Barack, named after Barack Obama. They vaccinated a 13-year-old against his parents' wishes? Maribel Duarte says her 13-year-old son, a student at the Barack Obama Global Prep Academy in South L.A., brought home this vaccine card after having accepted the COVID-19 vaccine at school. She says he said yes when someone offered it in exchange for pizza. The lady that gave him the shot and signed the paper was the one that told my son, please do not say anything. I don't want to get in trouble. LAUSD says student matters are confidential and wouldn't comment specifically, but did say it's Safe Schools to Safe Steps incentive program is meant to ensure several steps are in place for vaccinated students to receive prizes. Duarte says she's not against the vaccine. She's vaccinated herself, but it's different with her son. In regards to my son's health, um, I am against it. Because he's got some underlying conditions that concern you? Yes. 
He has problems with asthma and allergy problems. They bribed her son with pizza to give him a vaccine behind her back. People do not realize what they've become. This thing has turned people into monsters. And I'm sorry, large portions of our government school system are monstrous and you should yank your kids out of them. Again, the communist, his most prized possession, the American communist's most prized possession is his ability to take your kids away from you for seven, eight hours a day and teach them to hate you, hate themselves, and hate their country. If you deprive him of that, he loses all power in this nation. These people are sick freaks. There's a teacher in Pennsylvania, at this, a teacher in Pennsylvania, and a board of directors member on the National Education Association. You know what this person had to say? Said on Facebook, people who got religious exemptions for COVID deserve to lose their jobs, get sick, and die. Now, again, back to what we've been talking about. I want you to understand something. That person who said that, if you got a religious exemption, I, I hope you get fired and, and die. That person goes home at night, and they look in the mirror, and they think they're looking at the good guy. That's what you're up against. Those are the stakes of the game. And again, we've gotten so far out of bounds with this virus. We have so much talk out there now about Omicron, the Omicron variant. We got the Omicron variant. Uh, Omicron is completely mild. It's completely mild. We have Kathy Hochul, governor of New York, declaring a state of emergency the second Omicron was announced when we had the doctor who, who discovered it on camera saying, ah, it's fine. Nobody's, nobody's really had any problems with Omicron at all. It's madness. The CDC, the CDC came out and announced it's recommending boosters because of Omicron. Omicron is not killing people. To, to, to date, as of, the, as of this broadcast, it has not killed a single person in the world. Oh, but that doesn't mean Pfizer isn't stepping up. And uh, Well, I mean, just out of the goodness of their hearts, they have plans for you. The idea that it would be spread faster, but be potentially even milder, mm -hmm. um, that is being heralded as a possibly a good thing that we could end up with higher mm -hmm. immunity, natural immunity. Is that... Mm -hmm make sense? No. I don't think it is good, good news. That's to why have, we have the experts. Yeah, I don't think it's good news to have something that spreads fast. Mm -hmm. Spreads fast means that will be in billions of people, another mutation may come. You don't want that. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's terrible news that there's a mild cold floating around the earth, but we can't go on. Sign up for Pfizer's subscription plan. And remember something I've been telling you for a long time. I'm not Johnny-come-lately on this for a long time. The end goal of this is obvious. It's obvious to anyone paying attention. The end goal of this, the pharmaceutical companies are lobbying the government for a reason so hard. The end goal is annual vaccines every single year. It's a subscription model. It's an automatic cash payment to the pharmaceutical companies every single year. That is their end goal. The pharmaceutical companies have no desire to end COVID-19. The pharmaceutical companies want to end COVID-19 the same way the Democratic Party wants to end racism in America. Remember that. Remember that. And look, I do like it when these communists worldwide and locally 
I do like it when they come out and just flat out say the things I've been warning people about. Here's the Prime Minister in New Zealand. Mine, so long as there's people who are eligible who haven't been vaccinated, we've got work to do. You know, I don't think I'll ever be satisfied so long as there's someone who's choose, you know, who who is eligible and hasn't been. And that's where I've said this, there's not going to be an end point to this vaccination program. Uh, once we've, obviously, we're rolling out boosters now, so we've got a, another, you know, wave of people that we need to make sure that we're protecting again. So um, those who were vaccinated six months ago, we really need them to come back or we need to go to them. There's not going to be an end to this vaccination program. Look, I, I told you, that's the goal. This never stops. As you've heard me say a thousand times, this never, ever, 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 ever stops until you stop complying. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Christina Pushaw joins us next, but first, speaking of your health, are you shopping for insurance? Are you ready for a new insurance company? What if you had an option for a faith-based insurance company with incredible options for you, for you and your family, vision, dental, 24-7 telehealth, and the prices were outstanding? You do have that option right now. It's called OneShare Health. And when you go to my.onesharehealth.com slash Kelly and use the promo code Jesse Kelly, you actually get $75 off your enrollment fee and get this. Tis the season of giving. 5% of your monthly goes back to veterans struggling with PTSD. I told you this was a great company. A faith-based insurance company. My.onesharehealth.com slash Kelly. Use the promo code Jesse Kelly. We'll be right back with Christina Pushaw. Is it a matter now of when, not if, the definition yeah. of fully vaccinated changes? Yeah. You know, my own personal opinion, Kate, is what you said is correct. It's going to be a matter of when, not if. That's, that's such a shock. A matter of when, not if. Nobody could have seen that coming. I mean, I have it right here. The fact checkers of The Independent, they were telling us that Ron DeSantis was a big fat liar when he said, well, exactly what Dr. Fauci just said. Joining me now, press secretary for Heavy D, Christina Pushaw. Christina why does Heavy D understand this and very few other Republicans seem to? Well, I can't really speak for other Republicans, but I can tell you Governor DeSantis actually keeps up with the data. He reads the papers, I mean, the research papers. He doesn't just rely on like headlines in the Washington Post or the New York Times or whatever, um, or sound bites from Fauci in order to understand what's going on with COVID. He digs into the data himself. So he did see this coming. He did predict it. He knows, you know, at the time he said that, it wasn't long ago. It was maybe um, a month or two ago that he predicted that um, the definition of fully vaccinated is going to change. And again, our government is going to move the goalposts. And so he said that because it had already been happening in Israel and in some other parts of the world um, where, you know, vaccine passports and mandates have been enacted and they're being changed now to require boosters um, in order to remain employed or to remain able to go to wherever venues require those passports. Christina, here's a little video of your boss saying Florida's doing pretty dang well in the hospitality industry. In Florida, we've never arguably done better in hospitality than we've been doing lately because people know 
they come to Florida to vacation, they're going to be able to be treated with respect and, and free people. They're not going to have to show medical papers to get a beer. They're not going to have to do that to go get lunch. Christina, I'm coming to Florida myself for a vacation in December, as, as seemingly every single person I know, right. including all these lockdown governors like Governor Murphy of New Jersey. Why is everyone coming to Florida if it's such a dangerous place? Right. I mean, um, because obviously it's not. I think this goes to show you just the fact that tourism in Florida this year, it's higher than pre-pandemic. It's higher than in 2019. Um, and I think that's directly because of these lockdowns in other states or the threat of lockdowns or just the lack of dedication to allowing people to live a normal life. People want to live normally. That's why Florida has become such a magnet for tourists from all over the country. So, um, yeah, happy that you're coming here. I think, though, this also highlights kind of what we were talking about earlier, the difference between the mainstream media, the so-called fact checkers or enforcers of regime narratives versus like everyday Americans, you know, people are not afraid as much as the media wants them to be afraid of Florida. Clearly, they're not. You know, if you just even look at who's moving where people are moving out of states like New York and California and moving to states like Florida. So it's very basic. Christina, are we worried? I know I certainly am because I live in Texas, another red state. Are we worried about all these transplants coming from blue states and bringing their crappy voting ways with them? Because I really would like Florida to remain awesome. Yeah, I think we all want Florida to remain awesome, and I, I wouldn't worry about it. And the reason is that, you know, um, I think the folks who are coming here, especially those who are moving here, they're kind of self-selected, and they are the people who want freedom, who want to be able to raise their kids with a normal childhood, who want to be able to send their kids to school without masks so they can breathe freely, um, and who just want normalcy. So they are people who are friendly to and supportive of Governor DeSantis's policies, and that's why they're coming here. Um, I, I can't speak for all of them, obviously, but that's basically from my experience and from what I understand, that is the kind of trend that we're seeing. So I wouldn't worry um, about Florida turning blue anytime in the future. You know, um, Florida, for the first time in history, actually, um, recorded that Republican voter registrations have exceeded Democrat voter registrations. That's never happened in the history of, like as long as they've been keeping track. Um, it was a gap of several hundred thousand before the last election. And so, um, you know, part of those new Republican voter registrations are people who came from other states, including blue states, who um, have just almost been like pushed even further towards the Republican party because of what they've experienced in Democrat run states. And I'm one of those people, by the way. I'm from California. Christina, uh, Florida First Lady Casey DeSantis has uh, made a public announcement. She's battling breast cancer. I know it's just, you know, it's not something we talk about a lot on the show, but uh, how's she doing? Well, I mean, she's doing great, honestly, because she's a strong person. She has, you know, um, still been very active in terms of public life and her duties as the first lady. And she's always gone above and beyond in that role because she really does care about the people of Florida. And she has so much support from the people of Florida and from across the country. I mean, after she made that announcement about her diagnosis, she received just an outpouring of support um, from all across the country. And that has really helped her. So she really appreciates that. Um, and also, I want to say, you know, I think the reason that she made the diagnosis public 
is to inspire others to get checked because you know she's young she's very healthy you wouldn't expect that like this kind of a health problem could come up but it can happen to anyone and so i think her story has inspired people to get checked themselves even if they think that they're not at risk Christina, I'm going to play a little video for you here of Ron DeSantis announcing a challenge to the federal military. I'm going to be recommending in the budget $3.5 million to reestablish the Florida State Guard. The Florida State Guard will act as a civilian volunteer force that will have the ability to assist the National Guard in state-specific emergencies. This funding will support the necessary training equipment and other support functions for up to 200 members who can aid in the response to hurricanes, natural disasters, uh, and other state emergencies. Uh, we want to be able to have a quick response uh, capability, and reestablishing the Florida State Guard will allow civilians from all over the state to be trained in the best emergency response response techniques and have the ability to mobilize very, very quickly. Christina, I, I had no idea. That's such a radical step. I've really enjoyed watching the left freak out about this whole thing. Right. It's been a complete meltdown. And, um, you know, it's surprising that they freaked out because, one, how could a civilian force of 200 people challenge the federal military, even if that was the intention, <laughs> which it's not? Um, two, 22 other states have state guards. That has been a provision of Florida law, actually, since 1941. Um, it just, it wasn't active in the last few decades. But Governor DeSantis wants to reactivate it because obviously we have a great National Guard in Florida, but they spend a lot more time being called up on federal missions versus state missions. So to have a state force to augment that um, and to help in the same kinds of situations that the National Guard helps out in, so emergency response, law and order, um, that is something that I think will help Floridians. And, you know, this response from Democrats has just been insane. Like they're saying Governor DeSantis has a private militia, but um, California has a state guard, New York has a state guard, with. I mean, Michigan has a state guard. There are so many states and nobody's ever talking about like Governor Whitmer's private militia. I mean, it's completely absurd. But the best part is the Democrats in Florida who try to compare this proposal for a state guard to like Latin American communist militias, like in Venezuela or in Cuba <laughs> under the Castro regime, which, you know, that comparison is absurd on its face. But when you live in a state with millions of people who have fled from those kind of regimes or have family members who have fled from those regimes, um, it really is actually offensive because it cheapens the experience and the trauma that these people actually went through um, by comparing this state guard to like Marxist militias who rape and torture and kill civilians, that's just completely offensive. Yet Democrats just say it and nobody fact checks them on it. You keep fact checking them on it. Christina Pushaw, thank you so much for giving us some time. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me on. All right. We're going to have a hard talk about the right next, but debt. How much do you have? Did you get yourself buried in debt? Or, look, I shouldn't say get yourself. I understand life happens. Sometimes you're not in control of it. What's your debt situation? Do you owe $10,000 or more in debt? Credit cards, internet loans. I, I understand how it goes. I, I've been in debt myself. Make a phone call. Don't just accept it. Don't throw your hands up. Don't, I'll just make the interest payments. 
make a phone call. Call Total Financial Freedom. In some cases, they're cutting people's payments in half. They're getting people out of debt. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau for a reason. Call 877-332-8291. 877-332-8291. Total Financial Freedom. We'll be back. Apparently, we're going to be raising the debt ceiling again. And before I talk about Republicans and Mitch McConnell and the right and these things, I just, I just want everyone to understand something. We've never had, or at least in your lifetime, you've not experienced a massive debt crisis as a nation. Obviously, I know the country's gone through recessions and depressions and things like that, but I mean a gigantic national-level debt crisis. So you don't have any idea what it's like. I don't have any idea what it's like, but I do read history books. And I will tell you, it's horrific. If you have a debt crisis where you get just so over leveraged, you can't fulfill your obligations, the pain the citizens feel is really, really, really bad. Really bad. And we are not only heading there, we are heading there really, really, really quickly. And so with that, allow me to announce that Mitch McConnell has chosen to work with Chuck Schumer, and they're going to lift the debt ceiling. December 15th was the deadline, but nope, they're going to lift the debt ceiling. And I saw Mitch McConnell said this, and if this isn't so revealing about how Republicans handle their business versus how Democrats handle their business. I think this is in the best interest of the country by avoiding default. I think it is also in the best interest of Republicans in the best interest of Republicans. Do you know why in the land of the free government has only grown for the last hundred years? I mean, let's be honest. If, if you're somebody who believes government should be limited, you know, limited and small, you really, on a macro level, have never had a win, ever. Ever. Government has only ever grown in your lifetime. Government has only grown in my lifetime. You've never actually seen it shrink or, or anything like that. You haven't had political wins. You've had losses that didn't sting quite as bad, but you've never had political wins. How is that possible? Land of the free. You've got a constitution. There should be limits on all this. How could, how could this possibly happen? It's all written right there very clearly what they can do, what they can't do. How did this happen? Allow me to explain it to you. It happened because you don't have an opposing party. Yes, you have the communists, but you don't have anti-communists on the other side. It's only grown because there's nobody out there trying to shrink it. And it's only grown because of this. When Democrats take power as they have now, they go full steam ahead. They will pack the federal government at every level with other communists who will do their bidding. They will spend radical amounts of money they will reward their friends, they will punish their enemies, and they're not concerned in the least with the popularity of what they're doing. They don't care. Maybe this individual does or that individual does. They don't care. And why don't they care? That doesn't make sense, right? I mean, how could they not care? They're going to lose power. You know the reason Democrats don't worry about losing power? Because they know without question the second Republicans take back power, they won't reverse a single thing. Oh, they'll pass a couple executive orders. Maybe, maybe a little tax cut here. 
But the truth is all communist gains in this country, every single gain made under the Biden administration, the hard truth of it is it's a permanent gain. Because when Republicans take back the House in 2022, and then probably everything, House, Senate, Presidency in 2024, oh, they'll campaign on, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to reverse this. But the honest truth is this, they won't reverse a single thing because you do not have a party that's actually opposite of the Communist Party. What is that word? What is that saying? My friend Michael Malice is, is fond of saying conservatism is progressivism driving the speed limit. Is not wrong. Very sad. Very sad. I'd hate to see Republicans actually do something. Always with an eye on the next election. Well, we can't risk this. We have the midterms coming up. Democrats never think in those terms. And that's why they win. And we're a bunch of losers. Sorry, that probably made you uncomfortable too, but I'm salty about it. All right, we still got a lot of great show for you. But you know what I hear a lot, especially from ladies. This is what I hear a lot. My husband's so hard to buy for. I I don't know what to get my boyfriend. Ladies, hear me. Hear me here. We are not difficult to buy for. You're not listening. Dudes love gear. They love it. Dudes love new holsters. Dudes love new slings. Dudes love new belts. Dudes love dude gear. Go to nwretention.com, Northwest Retention Systems, and get your man something there for Christmas time nwretention.com. If you use the promo code Jesse, everything's 10% off. You're looking at nothing but gear that he'll love. He's not difficult to shop for at all. nwretention.com, promo code Jesse. We'll be back. Well, as you know, we can be a little bit hard on the right on this show because, well, a lot of the right absolutely sucks. So we welcome on the ones who don't. Congressman Kevin Brady from Texas has been a great one and a great one for a long time. He's on the Ways and Means Committee. Congressman, let's just begin at the beginning here. I have a major problem with Republicans once again using no leverage whatsoever to raise the debt ceiling. We didn't we didn't push back on anything. We got nothing for this. Why do we do this all the time? Yeah, you know, this one's been frustrating because obviously, uh, you know, Democrats control the House, Senate, the White House. They've had two years to uh, address this. Uh, They didn't even pass a budget, never passed any of the spending bills. They created this own debt limit crisis and are responsible for passing it themselves. But this new uh, procedure, this sort of fast-track procedure the House uh, approved last night, what they did was basically hold local doctors and hospitals hostage from from Medicare cuts uh, in order to uh, move that bill through the House. And it's going to uh, only require uh, 50 votes in the Senate. And so uh, to the question of what did we get for it, uh, to that I don't know. We just know in the House that the late raising this debt ceiling is just another green light to accommodate the trillions of wasteful spending Democrats are doing. Congressman, obviously, as you well know, uh, trees don't grow to the sky. There's an end to how much debt we can have, and that end is going to be ugly. Whatever you think it looks like, none of it looks pretty. Do do people not realize that in Washington, D.C.? You know, I I, I know on the Republican side, certainly on the conservative side, we do. And look, um, COVID was a tough times, but 
tough time, no question, but the laws of economics didn't change here. And when you load yourself, whether you're a family, a business, or a government, with so much debt, it is squeezing out uh, your uh, real expenses that you need to address, and you know others lose confidence in your ability to, to, to handle that amount of debt, you've got problems. That's the biggest worry we have. And as you know, the true cost of this buyback better or build back better bill is not 1.5 or $6 trillion. New estimates is that it is nearly $5 trillion in new spending in a way that not only you know harms our economy in a big way and drives jobs overseas, it's gonna make inflation worse and it's gonna drive about 2 million people out of the workforce. So look, um, it is, it is this spending has huge damaging impacts to the country. Congressman, you've been leading the opposition to it, and obviously we're thankful for that. What is the honest status? And you don't have to blow sunshine up, or you know what? Is this thing going to pass? Is it not going to pass? How are we looking? So I think, so if you were a betting person, you would say at some point next year, they figure out a way to do something. Would it be would pass out of the House? Certainly not. Uh, could they actually trim it down to a real-life bill maybe uh you know there is the possibility that it gets stopped senator manchin is making all the sense in the world why are we doing this now why are, why is any of this needed you know what what is this real bill and so as long as he continues to ask those tough questions and not move till he gets an answer i think every day looks better for us. Is it still uphill? Absolutely. This is an agenda. I, as you know, you saw in the House, Pelosi, Speaker Pelosi bullied every member, including their centrists who won't be coming back because of that vote into supporting it. So, you know, they're running a they're running a kamikaze mission here on that bill. Congressman, can you give us a little inside baseball into how things like what you just described actually happen. I, I understand Nancy Pelosi being able to push around someone she can run off a committee at will or, or won't support her re-election. But you're some seasoned Democrat. You've been in Congress for 9,000 years. You're going to retire anyway. What leverage does Nancy Pelosi have to bully you into doing something you don't want to do? Yes, so uh, they use everything at their disposal. But what, Jesse, what surprised me, I think, and, and a lot of others, is there actually are uh, some centrists left in the Democrat Party in the House. Uh, and what they watched was their president abandoned them, uh, their speaker abandoned them, their colleagues abandoned them. And as we saw in Virginia, the voters are abandoning them. I would have thought uh, that more than one would have stepped forward and said, you know, I'm going to vote my district, my small businesses, my workers, uh, in, in the inflation that's hitting everybody. But at the end of the day, to save themselves, end of the day, they didn't. So clearly, they are, uh, uh, they have, it's a pretty tight ship that they're running. And, and as a result, I was thinking as they were celebrating the bill, I know that I'm retiring at the end of this year. I think there are a number of Democrats who voted yes who are going to be retiring as well. They just don't know it yet. Congressman, you just brought up businesses, and CNBC has pulled out 75% of small businesses are experiencing higher supply costs. This is not exactly news. Everyone knows supply costs are going up. 
my great concern is this. It's not just that costs have gone up. It's that unless I'm wrong, and you're the expert on this, not me, there's no indication they're going to stop going up. Where, where, where does this end? Yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly right. So, look, uh, we've had in, uh, look, wages, as you know, are way down. I think the average family has about $377 a month less purchasing power under this president just since the summer, and it's going to get worse. Uh, we know the supply problems, delivery problems, the price hikes in the business community. This, nothing the president's doing will make it better in this build $5 trillion bill will make it worse because independent experts believe uh, paying people more to stay home, creating those incentives not to reconnect could drive another 2 million workers out of the workforce. Uh, and then when you're pouring more fuel, more government fuel onto the inflation fire with fewer workers, that is a recipe for high inflation for a very long time. And so, yeah, it is, uh, I, I see nothing that this president is proposing or doing that changes the equation. Congressman, something that drives me insane is right now it seems like no one in the Biden administration actually is working to help the country. They're only concerned about their image. I don't expect to agree with very much of what the Biden administration does, but we have stories out now. They're working with the media behind the scenes to talk about how they're covering the Biden economy. They're not working on the economy. They just want the media to lie more about it. Is there anyone in this administration who, even if they're thinking about it wrongly, is genuinely trying to help the country? Because it doesn't seem like it. Yeah, it doesn't. And, and I would say, you know, if the White House uh, spent half as much time on trying to heal the economy as they do figuring out who to blame for the economy, we would all be better off. And I also think that if they really want to get a handle back on the economy inflation, stop doing everything they're doing because we just saw a new report that shows, you know, if you didn't do infrastructure, didn't do that $2 trillion COVID stimulus and didn't do uh, the build back better spending binge, that in fact our economy would grow stronger and inflation would grow weaker with, with a Biden-free economy. And so it's ironic, the best thing you could do is just stop, like leave, go to Camp David, you know, stop uh, uh, trying to lead on the economy because it is really hammering small businesses and families. Congressman, thank you so much for joining us. Wishing you a very, a congratulations on your retirement. Thank you for your years of actually being thank one you, of sir. the good ones. Appreciate, Appreciate you, it. Merry Christmas, friend. Merry Christmas. A good man right there. Good man. Let's hope he gets replaced by someone just like him. All right. We're not quite done yet, but first. Have you signed up to support the first yet? Have you gone to the firsttv.com slash support? When I tell you to do this, it's not for my own benefit. This doesn't change anything for me. It gives you access to really, really cool things. We have a new special out on abortion right now. And if you go to the firsttv.com slash support and you sign up, you get access to that on demand. When I tell you you have access to things other people don't, you do. Go to the firsttv.com slash support. All right. Our Light in the Mood is next. And it's a good one. Hang on. All right. 
it's time to lighten the mood. And this, this may be my favorite lighten the mood ever. I, I, I mean, Hillary Clinton, I, I want you to keep this in mind. Hillary Clinton obviously is terrible. I mean, she's Hillary Clinton. But remember, all the people who lead this country, they all share the same three qualities. Remember what those qualities are? All three of them. No love of country, oftentimes hatred of it, no connection to the real world, and an ironclad belief that they are of a higher class and should rule over you. Hillary Clinton's belief that she should have been president, probably president for life, it is ingrained in her. And for some reason, she chose to, on camera, read what would have been her victory speech, and she actually got choked up. Watch this dream of going up to her and sitting down next to her taking her in my arms and saying look at me listen to me you will survive you will have a good family of your own and three children and as hard as it might be to imagine your daughter will grow up and become the president of the United States Mm. <laughs> Gosh, I love it. Oh, sorry, Hillary. <laughs> Gosh. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.